Bible Reading Podcast. I am your host, Brianna Shelnut, and joining me today is my amazing, lovely, awesome best friend in the entire world, Nesagos. <laughs> sounded a little sarcastic. I'm just kidding. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> yes, just kidding. <laughs> but we are so excited to have you guys here with us today. It's going to be amazing. It's going to be a good yes. pod. I hope you're ready. Hope you guys have been reading your Bible every day. Every day. Zero excuses. Zero excuses. It's going to be great. So, Nessa, what are we talking about today? Hmm, Today, we are talking about, last week we talked about Noah and the ark and the flood and are people good? This week, we're talking about the covenant that God made. The covenant. After the fact, the things that he called Noah to do, things that are kind of required and consequences of things. Oh, yes. So, just a whole lot going on, like God's plan, the image that he has, you know, all that, which will be a lot. So, buckle up. I'm excited. I hope (laughs) hope y'all are at the edge of your seats or at the edge of your car, whatever you're doing, however you're listening to this podcast, Mm -hmm. (laughs) because this is going to be a good one. Yes. It's going to sting a little bit, but it's going to be good. I feel like I hope we challenge a lot of you, and we actually get to see what the Bible says about a lot of topics. Mm -hmm. Um, My heart with this podcast is, of course, to inspire you guys to read your Bible, but also I feel like there is a need to know what the Bible actually says and how we as Christians are to interact with the world and how the world is supposed to respond to Christianity and to God in general. So I hope we can just, you know, do all that, open y'all's eyes a little bit. Start it, start it up a bit. Yep, stir it up, stir the pot. <laughs> do all the things. Yes. <laughs> but it's going to be great. I'm excited. So, oh, yeah. Nessa, what did you do this week? What was something exciting? Hmm, let's see. Well... This week, Arwen will be seven months old, so that's no, exciting. not seven months. Yep, seven Not months. that tiny baby turning seven months old. Oh, my goodness. I know. So that's really the only exciting thing that's going on right All now. All of our listeners are going to be so tired of us talking about our kids, Probably. but that's okay. <laughs> but, I don't know what to say to that. <laughs> There's nothing you can say, because honestly, our kids are our lives, and that's just what we do, and that's just how it is. True. Yes, um, my week was fine. Um, just been trying to eat healthier. Yes. You know this. Oh, yeah, yeah. We, we both yeah. have been trying to eat a lot healthier. Not because it's a New Year's thing. No, just because. Just because. Just yeah. because. It, it's time Husband's to make that been change. complaining about gaining weight, <laughs> yes. not being able to carry our child. Yes. And I'm like, I carried her for nine months. <laughs> you can hold her. <laughs> yes, for two seconds. Love God him. bless them. God bless, um, yes. God bless our husband. <laughs> Uh, next month, you guys, is going to be really exciting. Um, in February, we will definitely have a very special guest, Miss Jennifer Rothwell. Yes. And we'll delve more into marriage and talking about yes, stuff. But for those who do not know, um, I have been married to my husband, Robert, for about, it'll be four years this September. Mm-hmm. And Nessa, how long have you been married to Matt? It'll be nine years in August. Ooh! <laughs> Nine years. Yeah. That's a long time. I know yes. there are plenty of people who are like, I've been married for 50 years. Right. But people <laughs> but, look at us and it's like, yeah. aren't you like 15? <laughs> and I'm like, no, I'm almost 30. Because <laughs> you got that good skin, Nessa. <laughs> <laughs> so everyone's always like, what? You've been married for a long yes. time. Yes. And I'm marriage. Like, mm. 
marriage is no Mama joke. Mama June and Jean, 60 plus years. Come yes. on. That's God what I'm trying her. to be. Right. Right. <laughs> and it's a lot to get there. But speaking of marriage, if you guys want more information on that one, yes. definitely head over to Date Night, our sister podcast or yes. older pastor podcast. Older sister podcast. Older sister podcast. <laughs> Sister podcast, you yes. know, means kind of the same, but yes. not the same. And I promise we will not plug them every single podcast, but sometimes it just segues and fits right. It does. <laughs> but all that to say is, I just wanted to get let you guys get to know each know us a little bit better in case yes. you guys are first time listeners. Yes. Um. So yeah, let's let's dive into the word. I'm excited. I'm really excited about this pod. Yes, let's do it. So once again, you guys will be in Genesis nine, verse. 1 through 17. Whoop, whoop. It's going to be good. All right, let's get into it. Mm-hmm. Then God blessed Noah and his son, saying to them, Be fruitful and increase in number and fill the earth. The fear and dread of you will fall on all the beasts of the earth and on all the birds in the sky, on every creature that moves along the ground, and on all the fish in the sea. They are given into your hands. Everything that lives and moves about will be food for you. Just as I gave you the green plants, I now give you everything. But you must not eat meat that has its lifeblood still in it. And for your lifeblood, I will surely demand an accounting. I will demand an accounting from every animal. And from each human being, too, I will demand an accounting for the life of another human being. Whoever sheds human blood shall shed their blood... Excuse me. Whoever sheds human blood, by humans shall their blood be shed. For in the image of God has God made mankind. As for you, be fruitful and increase in number. Multiply on the earth and increase upon it. Then God said to Noah and to his sons with him, I now establish my covenant with you and with your descendants after you and with every living creature that was with you, the birds, the livestock, and all the wild animals, all those that came out of the ark with you, every living creature on earth. I establish my covenant with you. Never again will all life be destroyed by the waters of a flood. Never again will there be a flood to destroy the earth. And God said, this is the sign of the covenant I'm making between me and you and every living creature with you, a covenant for all generations to come. I have set my rainbow in the clouds and it will be the sign of the covenant between me and the earth. Whenever I bring clouds over the earth and the rainbow appears in the clouds, I will remember my covenant between me and you and all living creatures of every kind. Never again will the waters become a flood to destroy all life. Whenever the rainbow appears in the clouds, I will see it and remember the everlasting covenant between God and all living creatures of every kind on the earth. So God said to Noah, this is the sign of the covenant I've established between me and all life on the earth. Mm. Woo. Yeah. Before we get into the heavy topics, mm-hmm. I never really noticed that God like made the covenant with also the living creatures. Yeah. Until we just read it. That did jump out to me too. I was that, like, whoa. That God makes promises to animals. Yeah. And has vowed not to destroy them too. Yeah, that's really cool. It is kind of sad. The animals did get the... The brunt of it. Yeah, the brunt <laughs> end of the deal. Because they're they, like, what's going on? Yeah, I'm they, not on that boat. <laughs> yeah, like they didn't do anything <laughs> wrong. <laughs> and they still got wiped out because of humans. But man. But that's just cool that just like to prove that the word is always speaking to you. Yes. And that when you read through it, like, I don't know, remember the last time I read this story. Yeah. And I was like, wow, he didn't just make a covenant between humans, also every creature that was with Noah. And yeah. that's just, just really cool. God remembers everything. Yeah. And God notices the small details. Yes. He's just too good. So mm-hmm. the first thing he says, after God blesses Noah and his sons, yes. the first thing he says is be fruitful and increase in number and fill the earth. 
Yes. Be fruitful and multiply. We've heard it a million times over, but what does that actually mean? So we know that obviously it means, you know, have sex and have babies and make sure that they increase. Mm -hmm. But I like the wording. Mm. I've always liked the wording. Be fruitful and multiply. Yes. Fruitful means, you know, be beneficial, be effective, Mm -hmm. be fruitful and multiply. So not just multiply and just do it, like be fruitful and be intentional about how you're doing it. And how you're living. And how you're living. Mm -hmm. Now, if you have read the Bible for any amount of time or any space of time, you know that God is a God of generation. Yes. Oh, my goodness. When I received that revelation that God is a God of generation, that was a lot. (laughs) Revelation generation. (laughs) Sound like a Dr. Seuss character. Good Lord. All right. (laughs) But God is a God of generations. God cares about multiplying, how we multiply, people coming before us, people coming after us, blessing generations. God bless Noah and his sons and his children's children and his children's children's children. God cares about that. So we're both young moms. We're both people who, you know, have husbands, have kids, have all those things. Would you say that how how are ways that you feel like you're being fruitful with your children, with child, just... Just the one. Just the one. (laughs) Just to clarify. (laughs) Just to clarify. (laughs) Just the one. (laughs) Um, How would you feel like you're being fruitful and taking God's words to heart? Just being intentional, like you were saying with the word intentional, of blessing Arwen, blessing our marriage, writing things out that I believe are prophetic for her, living a life that shows... The fruits of the spirit, self-control, kindness, goodness, you know, those things. And coming to church, even though we're tired and, you know, it's it's all the things that you're doing to be intentional to show that God is first in my life. Mm, so and good. instead of it just being that she sees nothing, because yeah. if she sees nothing but I love God, what's her example? Yeah. You know, she should see it at home and at church. And so blessing her every day, bringing her to church, where seeing her mom and dad pray together, read the Bible together, those kinds of things. So good. Yeah. I feel like having babies and having children gets a bad rep these days. Yeah. I think that people, even in Christian circles, mm-hmm. have started looking down on, well, not started, because the world's always been wicked from day one, but yeah. I feel like especially now with the increase in women not always wanting to stay at home or wanting to, you know, for, pr- prolong their careers or even having fur babies instead of actual children to take care of, I feel like that's kind of overwhelmingly grown in the past couple of years. How would you tell how would you respond to Christians who feel that way and who kind of ignore that part of be fruitful and multiply and I'm not talking about obviously people who have the desire for marriage or people who want to be married and just aren't yet but people who are and who choose not to have children or or have a negative view of uh, of children Mm -hmm. or who aren't married yet but in a relationship and are kind of thinking whether or not 
I don't know. Brianna at church look really tired. <laughs> She's got a kid, and I don't really want any of that. Right? <laughs> how how would you how would you respond to people who are kind of like on the fence about that kind of thing? I'd probably just ask them like, why? Mm-hmm. What what is it about? being fruitful and multiplying do you not want yeah even though the bible says it um is it something that scares you is it something that you like your physical body like you know all these things like i would just really want to know why they feel that way first and um because children are a blessing and i think when you think about it before it's time of course you're not going to want to do it like, you know, when Matt and I were first married, we would definitely were not, no, no children right now. <laughs> yeah. But we never said no children at all. Right. But we definitely weren't ready. And so, like, I think too often times people are thinking about it when they're just, it's, they're not ready. They're not even married yet. Yeah. You know, of course it's going to overwhelm you and you're going to be like, no, 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 no. <laughs> um, so it's just like just calm down yeah. <laughs> let's talk about it yeah. you don't let's, have to be afraid yeah. I don't know just really finding out why they feel that way and talking about that and so, getting to the root of it yeah because sure. there's always a reason do you feel like you're not going to be as effective mm-hmm. uh, in your quote calling you know because we're called to just we're called to be the light of the world yeah it's not called to be on a stage we're not yeah. called to play an instrument we're called to be the light of the world and it might look like being on the stage it might look like playing an instrument but that doesn't define the light because the light is Jesus yeah so your light change like your it changes yeah you know I used to be all the time at the beck and call to be in kids ministry and now it's not all the time Mm -hmm. but my light who's in me is Jesus yeah. and he's going to come out no matter where I'm at, even if I'm at the grocery store. For sure. So I would just be like, just want to talk about it, you know? Yeah, for sure. I think that unfortunately what has happened is kind of like how you were saying, um, people don't, I guess people, well, yeah, people, men and women don't believe anymore that their marriages change lives. Mm-hmm. Or that being at home with their kids is changing lives and yeah. is effective for the kingdom. Like, I remember growing up, um, you know, I was a church kid, Nessa. Like, I, I was born and raised in church. I've yes. been going since I was five, six, seven. In the womb. In the womb. I was <laughs> singing hymns. <Yeah. laughs> I, was, I was a total church kid. So, for me, even growing up in that environment, it was never told to me that, oh, your ministry might be in the home yeah. or your ministry might be to your kids or your ministry might be serving your husband. Like, that was never explained to me. Right. It was always told, oh, you get to be an evangelist or you get to go out and, like, you know, reach your friends for Jesus or, you know, maybe someone you run into at the grocery store is going to be the person that you talk to or that you, you know, elevate Jesus to or something like that. But it was never told to me that, oh, your greatest ministry could maybe come from be fruitful and multiplying. Like yeah. it, it could come from being in your home and yes. making sure God believing and Bible believing children come for come from right. you. Like right. that was never told to me and never mm-hmm. explained to me. And so I, and we'll you know talk more about this, but then we'll move on to the other thing about. There's so much in this verse. There is so much about this covenant that's amazing, but we'll keep going. But um, 
there, there is this sense now, now that I do have a husband and now that I am um, a mother, there's this sense of pride that, oh, wow, my kid is going to know Jesus mm-hmm. by my life and by my actions and by my husband's actions. And then she'll go on to tell others about Jesus. Yes. And she'll be influenced and be a light in the world. And I feel like something that the church doesn't do right all the time is older women aren't telling younger women that there is blessing in getting married, having children, and making sure those children know Jesus and carrying that on. Um, and, you know, I don't think the older men are telling men, hey, you need to be the head of your household. You need to be the godly headship of your household. Mm-hmm. You need to make sure your wife and your children know Jesus and know Jesus intimately. Yes. I feel like there's, you know, a great lack of that. And so this part of the covenant kind of gets lost. Right. We we often take it very literally, like, oh, he was just telling Noah and his sons that because there's no one else on the earth. Right. <laughs> like, they can do it. Right. They've already done it. Exactly. Yeah. And it was just their responsibility. Like, no, God is very specific. God, it, and once again, the Bible is a living and breathing testament. It's a living and breathing word. We can't just take something from that context and just be like, oh, it was just for that time that they needed to be fruitful and multiply. Like, no, that is a godly command that God felt the need to say twice. Be fruitful and multiply. Be with your wife. Be with your husband. Have children. Make the babies. Do the things. (laughs) And be intentional with them and make sure that they're being raised up in the Lord. So that part always screams out at me every single time I read because I think it's such a big part of the covenant that God established with mm-hmm. Noah that kind of gets looked over. Right. And yes, of course we know that the text is talking about, you know, that God will never flood the earth again or kill every living creature by flood water again. That is also part of the covenant. But I think we agree that while he's explaining their instructions, that mm-hmm. that was also a very important part yes. of the text as well. Yes, absolutely. So what else jumped out at you? Everything else that jumps out at me is, verse 6, whoever sheds human blood by humans shall their blood be shed. For the image, for in the image of God has God made mankind. Wow. Yes. So, human blood. Wow. Yes. I also like that above that, God also said, and for your lifeblood, I will surely demand an accounting. Mm-hmm. I will demand an accounting from every animal and from each human being too. I will demand an accounting for the life of another human being. Yes. God cares. Yes. God cares about human life. And here's where we're going to get a little heavy. Um, I believe that in the topic of abortion, plenty of people just run to the Ten Commandments, of course. Thou shalt not murder. Mm-hmm. Yes. Thou shalt not murder. However, the Bible also says multiple times through the Bible, through the text, that he cares about human life. Yes. God would not say, I will demand an accounting for the life of another human being if he didn't mean it. Mm-hmm. Whoever sheds human blood by human shall their blood be shed. For in the image of God, God has made mankind. Yes. That includes living and preborn people. Yes. <laughs> that includes everybody. God demands the accounting. God cares. And even when we were talking about Cain, Mm-hmm. And how Abel's blood cried out to him yes, from the yes. ground. Yep. God knows 
and intimately cares. And this is not, of course, to bring shame or to bring condemnation on anyone, but this is instead to say that the Bible is clear. The Bible is crystal clear in his covenant with Noah and also outside of Noah and all throughout the Bible. God is clear that he cares about every human and every human life, whether they're born or not born. He cares. And so... Obviously, you know, it's very easy to get passionate about it. Yes. But I think it's important to note that mm-hmm. God mentioned that, said, in this covenant, I will keep an accounting, not just for animal lives, mm-hmm. which humans tend to care a little bit more about. They do, which is interesting. <laughs> it's very weird. <laughs> Can't kill an eagle egg <laughs> or get, you know, fine. But an unborn a baby. Dollars. Go but ahead. an unborn baby, that's free real estate, man. That's. You can go for it. Crazy, <laughs> crazy world we live in. But God cares about each one. Yes. He, he says, I need an accounting and whoever sheds that life. You know why? Because he is the father. Yes, he is. And, and a good father cares for his children. Amen. His creation. That's right. They should. And God is a generational God. Yes. God cares about what comes before. God cares about what comes after. And God cares whether we kill each other or not. God yes. cares whether we murder each other or not. God takes an accounting. And because we are all made in the image of God, mm-hmm. like he states, we are to be fruitful For, yes. and increase in number. Multiply on the earth and increase upon it. Which is what he says after, for in the image of God, God has made mankind. Yes. So therefore, be fruitful and increase in number. So let that challenge you, Um, all our listeners. If you're ever in an argument about whether or not we should care about the unborn or whether or not we should be outspoken about abortion and, unfortunately, the many ways that people are affected by it, um, I would go back to Genesis. Refer Mm -hmm. back to this verse. Whoever sheds human blood by humans shall their blood be shed. For in the image of God has God made mankind. I was made in the image of God. God cares about me. God cares about what comes through me. God cares about what comes through you. You know, it's not always just, you know, women. You know, God cares about men too. God cares about what they're bringing to the table, what they do or what they don't do. God cares. Yes. God takes an accounting for every human life. And although that might seem very, scary is not the word, but although that might seem very daunting, it's a comfort. It's a comfort that God cares and that God sees us being formed in the womb before we even know who we are or where we're from or anything like that. God already has an accounting. Mm-hmm. So good. I love it. Yeah. Our names are written in the book of life. That's right. Every single one. It's so good. And I love that God took the time to bless Noah and his family. I love that God took the time to establish clear directions, even clear to the point of, hey, don't eat raw food. Yeah. Like, that's not good don't for you. Don't eat something that's, <laughs> when he, what he says about that eating animals yeah. with lifeblood still running through their bodies, mm-hmm. yeah. which tells me, like, don't eat something that's living right now. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, um, it's don't just, just interesting. Yeah, like, don't just stab that squirrel right there yeah, and then eat it. Cook it a little bit, yeah. you know. <laughs> Wait for it. God but that shows so how specific. important blood is. Yes. The shedding of blood in the womb, you know, all these things that have to do with blood and how important it is. And the covenant, yeah. Yes, it's not just this thing that has to be done. Mm-hmm. It's so important. Yes. Because it has to be done. Yeah. You know, it's not just something, it's something. <laughs> yes. And I love that, ooh, God just, like, 
his the signs and the symmetry between everything he says and everything he does. In Genesis, we see him establishing a covenant with Noah saying, okay, you guys have to sacrifice animals. You have to make sure that blood is shed. You have to take care of each other. Don't shed human life. Don't do that. But then when Jesus comes around, it's by his blood that we're saved and sanctified. And it's through that covenant that we continue to have eternal life. And so it's almost like we have two different covenants. We have a covenant where he's like, I will never flood the earth again because of human wickedness. However, I will send my son Mm. to cover the multitude of sins and human wickedness because he has never sinned and he is blameless. And it's just incredible, like how everything connects and everything it does. is together. It should be. Everything like Petsmart says should point from Genesis to the end, points yep. to Jesus, points to the cross. That's so the good. point of the gospel. That's the point of this life. That's the point of the Bible. You're looking at Jesus. Is he in your heart? Yep. Is he your savior? Amen. So today we hope that he is and we pray that he is because he's the only way to get to heaven. That's it. The way, the truth, and the life. Mm-hmm. No matter how you slice it, dice it, or toss it. <laughs> That's it. (laughs) By his blood. Yes. Only by his blood. And God says, a covenant for all generations to come. Let's talk about the rainbow. Yes. All right. (laughs) I just think that it's cool that this book, you know, the Bible is supposed to be over however many years old. Mm -hmm. And it says there's a rainbow in the sky. And when you look up in the sky, there's a rainbow. Yes. Like, hello. (laughs) Come on, people. Still here, still living and breathing. Yes. The rainbow obviously has become somewhat of a controversial little friend (laughs) in society. However, I love that the rainbow is also connected to the covenant of be fruitful and multiply. Yes. The rainbow is connected to the covenant of there will no longer be the shedding of human blood due to my hand by floodwaters. There will no longer be that. I love that the rainbow also signifies the covenant of, okay, men are made, we're we're made in God's image. We are made in God's, God created mankind in his image. Yes. It's incredible. All of that is tied into the rainbow. All of that is tied into the covenant. Anytime God sees the rainbow, like he says, he's reminded of his covenant with Noah and with all the generations after Noah. Yes. So I think it's very interesting. And of course, we can't super get into it now. We're nearing our little 30-minute mark. But I love that be fruitful and multiply can only apply to two people. To two genders. To two genders. Men and and women. (laughs) Male and female. They were created. That's how it happens. That's how you can be fruitful and increase and multiply. That's the only way. That is the biblical truth and the only way. And I love that. The rainbow is connected to that. Yes. It's disheartening that it's been twisted in society. But so fitting that it is because it's attacking yes god's original plan and original covenant with noah and with us and with the generations yes so i think that is something to think on that's something to ponder if you ever want to you know study more into that or think more on that um we'll definitely have to have an episode regarding um, homosexuality and the lgbtq plus community but 
we're running a little bit out of time, so we're going to have to close this episode out. We hope you guys enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. Um, I love, man, I love the Bible. The more I read it, the more I get into it. I hope it inspires you guys to read more, dig more, read what it actually says, yes. and ask the Holy Spirit to guide you on what it's saying and what it's speaking to your spirit and to your heart, because it is good, yes, you guys. It is. Read your Bibles. <laughs> you need it. You want it. God wants you, <laughs> read it. Yes. <laughs> it's good. So um, let's say a quick prayer and then we'll get on out of here. Let's do it. All right. Father God, thank you so much for allowing us to read your word. I pray that everyone who has read and who has listened in with us has been touched in some way. And Lord, I pray that you just continue to whisper your spirit into others' hearts. I pray over everyone who has listened in and that we all are blessed with a good rest of our week. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Amen. All righty, we will catch you guys next Wednesday. It's going to be great. It's going to be awesome. Come ready, come expecting. It's going to be great. Nessie, got anything left to say? I do not, but we pray for a great week. Woo, woo, woo. And we'll see you all next week. Bye.